We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. JJ. I'm Nick. I, I guess we're Yankee fans. Again? I, listen, I am I'm a numbers guy. Everyone knows that about me. And I crunched <laughs> them. I crunched all the numbers, every number there is. And I think if the Yankees win the next 25 games, they are right back in this. Oh, yeah. We run the table. We're good to go. And it starts with three games against the Tigers, baby. But, like, all right. We got to have a little fun. We can't be miserable all the time. This yes. team has made us miserable. We have every right to be miserable all the time. It's just not good for our health. But the Tigers stink. We can sweep those three. Then the Brewers, yeah, they're they're competing, but we're going to have to beat, you know, teams like this. So like that could be another sweep. Like it's very easy to see how we go 6 and 0. And then with that momentum, how do you not take four? from the Red Sox in Fenway <laughs> to break their fans' hearts as we like. Now that's a point where we're passing them in the standings. Then we're in Pittsburgh. That's a joke. Like this is, I mean, now we've just won the next two weeks before we have to see the Blue Jays in Toronto or we see the Blue Jays at home and we're a very different team then. I mean, <laughs> that's a big assumption to make that we're going to win the next 12 in a row or whatever. But it, look, it is at least like I'm smiling. So for those, obviously nobody can see us. Jack's uh, camera isn't working, so I can't see him. A little bit harder to do this without, you know, the eye contact and things it like is. that. Might talk over each other a little bit, so apologize in advance. But like this weekend was fun. Like obviously it was too little, too late. But like watching the kids come up, seeing Wells and seeing Dominguez, and obviously going yard on the first swing of his career off Verlander, like that was really fucking cool, man. And like like you said, we need to have some fun. And I was smiling all weekend. There's a part of me that's like, this is so great. It sucks that uh, the major league like coaches are going to ruin these guys <laughs> as they have with everyone else. They've gotten their hands on. The only hope is that like Dominguez is so good. Like he's like an Aaron judge type level player that they can't ruin him. Like the Yankees probably tried to ruin judge 
you know, in 2016 and he went outside the organization, found his own hitting coach and kind of saved himself. So you hope Dominguez is that talented and that smart and that he can kind of do something similar. And I, I think he might be, I like, I, I'm not trying to be hi, you know, hyperbolic and stuff, but clearly the kid has a chance to be really special. Yeah. It feels like, you know, he was almost like a Gary Sanchez where for a bit, I was like, does he even exist? Or is this just a name that we've heard for years? And he's moved quickly this year. Uh, he's shown that he can play at the major league level in a very small sample size. So we need to see how the rest of the season goes, see what, you know, what that change does to him in terms of his off season. You know, is he more aggressive? Is he less aggressive? How's it changed and things like that. I think that's been the, the missing thing for a lot of these players is like, what do they do on their own time to get better in the off season? I think Wells has done a, a kind of surprisingly good job behind the plate Yes. Um, you know, it's not what we've expected. And we're not watching a lot of double A games, so we're not really seeing him. But we had been hearing, you know, he's not really a great defensive catcher and he doesn't have to be if he has the plus bat. And with that bat. Right field. We're in business. Yeah. And I didn't notice him behind the plate really over the weekend, which is a good thing. Like remember towards the end with Gary, when he was falling off defensively, you noticed him because there were pass balls, there were mistakes. There was that play at the plate that I know you're always tweeting the video of that he, that he completely screwed up. And like, you didn't really notice well. So if he can just kind of blend in back there and be even a mediocre defensive catcher with that swing, with that plus bat from the left side of Yankee stadium, that that's clearly a win. And, and with Dominguez, obviously there, there are things can go wrong. He's only five foot 10, which kind of seems short for like to be a superstar player in the MLB. But we've seen the other end where we have these guys that are six, seven, six, six, that are almost too big that are sort of breaking down. So maybe being five ten is, is going to be okay. Give me a little bulldog running around out there in center field. Like there's not much length to break, mm-hmm. which is yes. Like, cause even like, if you think about, um, like Roger Clemens was never hurt. He wasn't five ten, but he was a brick shit house, and there wasn't like there wasn't much movement for like to break. So that's why I feel good about Dominguez because like maybe that is just like what we need. Um, and you know, last year he stole thirty seven bases. This year so far he's got forty bases. You know, not at the major league level, but. So 37 in 109 games. So if you're going to go out there, you're going to add a little pop. I don't need him to hit 50 home runs. I need him to play plus outfield. And compared to what we've had in left field, a trash can is plus. Um, (laughs) I need him to, you know, hit. It's a small sample size. Again, it's three games. um, So he's, he's only hitting, you know, 231. But he was, he's a two- you know, if he hits 270, like that'd be great. He's 20 years old, man. He's not even allowed to buy a drink yet. I almost feel like we're playing with house money. And you think about the way he made his debut. I mean, they absolutely dropped him into a gauntlet. He made his debut in Houston, which is our number one house of horrors against maybe the greatest pitcher of our generation and a guy that has dominated the Yankees for pretty much 20 years at this point. And Justin Verlander on the road and the first swing he takes, he goes into the Crawford boxes. I just think about like they really that was such a sink or swim situation that they threw him into. They didn't give him a soft landing spot for his debut no i mean the, the schedule was you know i think anybody who, who's paid attention was just like ah oh, shit is verlander gonna break these kids <laughs> yeah like first day you know but instead like it was like prison walking the yard and hit the biggest guy 
It, it was awesome. And the fact that he went the other way, like the, if there's one thing we know, he's not going to be scared of the moment. Clearly. I mean, he was very, very relaxed up there, which is a big thing. And everybody's making the comp to judge, you know, the first swing the judge ever took obviously went into monument park. I, I know you were there. So kind of cool to see those comparisons. I don't like, so I, I like that the kids have brought the energy, but part of me is like, I don't know if you saw these quotes from judge and Stan, but it's like, they were like, Oh, we got our pet back in our step and now we're, we're feeling good. And it's like, man, you, you guys should have been self-motivated like a month ago. Like, did, why this did you need this? This $75 million the two of you have been paid this year <laughs> was not enough. You just needed a, you needed a guy with a mustache to show up. Exactly, man. I was like, come on. And, which like we've said though, you know, all along, if when this team was kind of like just treading water and maybe if they had done a little bit of a better job of treading water and you call these guys up earlier, like a lot of successful teams, a lot of teams that go on to win the World Series, they don't wait till September 1st to make that call up of a guy who's supposed to be the next guy. They do it in July, August. The guy becomes a part of the team, still adds that excitement and then they go. You're exactly right. And that was in my mind the entire weekend. Like if you think about the Yankees from June 24th to September 1st, I'd give them probably an F, like a D or an F. And it's like, man, if you guys would have just been like a C minus or a D plus and kept kept it together, some semblance of decent baseball, we could be in a really fun stretch right now. But because they essentially gave up and really packed it in. It's it's probably too late. That was frustrating. The other frustrating thing for me, maybe I'm just a psycho, but tell me if you were thinking this too. Like we had so many clutch two out hits and run scoring doubles this this weekend. And I'm like, man, where was this in 2017, 2019, 2022 when we were playing yeah. all these ALCS games here? And, you know, if you think about it, like part of it is we never had like that big call up for the excitement, that extra shot of energy. They just announced, I just got the push notification, Rizzo is done for the season. I did see that, and I'm not surprised at all. I wouldn't. That's not something you push, and especially where they are in the standings. I'm, I'm surprised they waited this long to announce that, actually. I, I kind of assumed that for a while. I think he just had a um, checkup uh, probably like Friday, and so now they're announcing it. He's got another one in mid-May, and they just don't – in mid-September – and there's just not enough time, even if he comes out of that and they're like, hey, he's great. It's just not enough time to ramp him up. Yeah, and you hope that obviously by March or February of next year that he's fully, fully good to go. You never know with this stuff, but you would think for, you know, he gets six months off. He should be ready to roll for spring training with no limitations, I would hope. Yeah, that, I mean, that's what they're they're saying, so. And then I want to talk about the timing of the, these kids getting caught up. So there's a lot of speculation of people just saying that, you know, Hal is essentially using, you know, like we both have kids and, you know, when your kid's a baby and you like hold something up to distract them and you kind of wave it around, hold it in the air. It almost felt like that's what Hal was doing by calling these kids up. Fans were ready to revolt. And he's like, I need to give I need to distract the fans and give them a reason to kind of keep paying attention. But that seems very short sighted, even for as incompetent as we are. Do you think that Cashman just decided these kids were ready this past week? Or do you think Hal was like, I need asses in the seats, call them up? I think that Dominguez, you know, was only he, he was having a, a decent season in double A and in, in nine games in triple A was hitting like 420. And with the injuries you have and you're making moves to put guys on waivers, like I think. You know, this waiver marker has been like is very different this year without there being a trade. 
you saw the Angels dump a bunch of players, and then you see us, you know, put um, – I already forgot his name. Um, Bader. Yeah, Bader <laughs> on, um, on waivers, which – hold on. Pause for a second. We're a joke of an organization. You can't have your center fielder finding out on the ESPN fucking bar on the bottom in the clubhouse that he got put on waivers. Like that is embar- – it's just a continued embarrassment, embarrassment, embarrassment of like just not being the high-class organization that we like to say that we are. Harrison Bader, everything he said to the media on his way out was perfect. Um, he's excited to play and like play in meaningful games in September. And he said, like, I hope I have the opportunity to wear the uniform again. Great. Not a New York City kid. Want to make that clear. Grew up with his dad being the lead counsel for Verizon and living in Bronxville, which is one of the most expensive places to live in the country. So he's not he wasn't slumming it in the Bronx with me. (laughs) Got to make that differentiation. Yeah, no, I mean, it was obviously embarrassing. Cash could have called him or even texted him. But does it really surprise you that? That Cashman didn't like none of his prick dick moves surprise me anymore. Yeah, it, it's not even like prick dick move. It just it feels lazy. It feels like the world. Like, is he getting old? It's I have a lot of questions about Brian Cashman that Fox News has about Joe Biden. <laughs> is he all there? Who's steering the ship? Where's Hunter? Um, so, you know, I think that this has been weird in that, you know, put Bader on waivers. So that kind of, that opens up a spot. Rizzo is not coming back. That opens up a spot. Um, I think with Trevino uh, out for the year, like the spots were there for these guys and you have to see at some point, you got to give them the opportunity to not have to just go, well, they're invited to spring training. You know, let them, let them earn a little bit now. Oh, for sure. You want to see them see them in real games. The other I just real quick on the Bader thing. The thing that frustrated me was this was a classic case of Cashman getting the least amount of value for an asset. Right. You could have traded him at the deadline for a prospect or two. Maybe they're lottery ticket prospects. I know they weren't getting a superstar prospect, but you could have got something there or you could have held on to him, offered him the qualifying offer in free agency. And if somebody else signed him, you know, you would have gotten a, a first round pick. And the Yankees, Cashman decides to split the difference and literally get nothing for him. Like, that's the shit that I'm like, dude, it, clearly, you you know, there are three doors here and you pick the only one where we're getting nothing back. And like decisions like that are, are why the team is where they are. And that shit really frustrates me. Yeah, I mean, the there's nothing that could be done that's going to turn around what a disaster, um, you know, it is. Uh, of a trade deadline. Like we just, we messed it up in every way possible. And this is just like, to a certain extent, if we don't call these kids up, like we have a hard time putting a team on the field. Yeah. Like you, we just don't have enough guys to play the positions. Yeah. And you'd be looking at half empty. I, I truly believe we'll, we'll never know. Cause it didn't come to this, but other than that old timers day, Saturday game that we have coming up, I would have thought made what 25, 30,000 people. In the stadium, maybe for like what they have a Diamondback series in mid-September. Yeah. Like these are not marquee matchups coming in. Yeah, there's only like a dozen games left uh, at home, and so yeah, people are gonna go. Like people are gonna be there on a Tuesday night to see these guys, you know, play their first game at home, and you know, to say that they were there or or whatever, you know, people hold on to nowadays. 
No, you're right. Uh, the other thing, the other thing I've seen a lot of is comparing this to 2016 and people saying, oh, this is a rebirth. And, and Judge said that this crop of kids was better than his crop. And I'm seeing a lot of that. But one thing I want to point out is there's a difference. In 2016, they were shedding all the dead weight. They had traded Beltron. They had traded McCann. Ellsbury's contract was getting towards the end. A-Rod had the retirement thing. With this group, we're still on the hook for DJ for three more years. We're still on the hook for Stanton, for Rodon. Like, there's still a lot of dead weight on this roster. So that's where I just think people need to really pump the brakes. Like, we, we still have dead weight we need to shed. This isn't like 2016 where it's just going to be a nice, clean transition. I mean, it's also only three games. Like, you know, Jason Dominguez, very nice guy, plays the game hard, yada, yada, yada. But let's, you know, at his career – He's a 259 hitter in the minor leagues. So, you know, what let's, you know, try to figure out, let's let him adjust some. And it's just like, you know, better than our crop of players. You know, Gary Sanchez came up, had a great half of the season, almost won a rookie of the year, got hot in streaks. But like you got called up with Tyler, Tyler Austin, my guy, like there wasn't a lot of hope. Yeah. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Yeah, no, you're right. Do you, I mean, do you think do you think they can compete in 2024 with basically like assuming Wells and Dominguez are solid contributors next year? Like, do you think do you think that's enough? Like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do this offseason? I guess you got Bellinger as a free agent that a lot of people are talking about. Uh, Soto's out there. 
a lot of different ways they can go. Do you think they reset? Do you think they try to supplement these kids? Or I know you kind of mentioned a punt year or just kind of a transition year with Boone being in the last year of that deal next year. So Soto has what an opt out. He has one more year. Like you could trade for him in the off season and get him for one year. And then he's a free agent. I don't even know what we would trade. You know, like, I don't know what we have to trade that isn't suiting up for the first time in the Bronx tonight to a certain extent. So, like, you know, I think when you look at it, as you look at 2024, you know, after we win these last 25 games and then the World Series, as we come back as returning champions, um, you've got Judge in right field, maybe. You know, like we, we do yeah. have to be realistic that like there could there can always be an injury. So is it that, you know, do we have 120 games of him in right field and 30 games DHing? Like things still hinge on that, right? Absolutely. Stanton. I mean, Stanton's a better hitter when he's playing the field, but like he's not an athlete anymore. So, like, who knows what we're going to have there. So then let's say you can't rely on him to play the field. So you need Judge to stay uh, healthy. Dominguez in center field. And then, like, who else is in the outfield? Do you go out and get a Bellinger? We still don't have pitching. And and Bellinger scares me because I, I know he rebounded and he had a nice year. Like I wanted to give him the one year deal this past offseason. We were talking about him or Conforto, but I don't know if I want to give him a seven year, two hundred and twenty million dollar deal. Like I thought for one year at whatever he made this year, 15, 16 million, it would have been a steal. But I almost feel like it's like another Rodon move where we just kind of keep piling on with bad decisions. Like, would it be fun to have him in the lineup? Yes. Next year. Absolutely. Do I want to give him seven years at, at max dollars? I don't know. No, because he's going to turn 29 next season in July. Okay. And my biggest thing, you know, was we go into the deadline, people are like, oh, well, Nolan Arenado may be available. And it's like, that's another dude who's going to have over a hundred million dollars owed to him after the age of 30. And that's like, that's our biggest problem right now is too many guys who are over 30 that we owe a lot of money to. And, and, you know, and that makes it difficult because he is having a great like bounce back season has played over a hundred games. He's hitting 320, um, 23 home, you know, maybe he'll get to 30 home runs. Um, and he's going to get a big deal. I just don't like we we aren't that place that how many outfielders are you going to have that are making 30 million dollars a year? Exactly. No, exactly. No, you're right. And I know it's a while away, but assuming Dominguez is what he think he at where we think he is, he's going to get a massive payday for me. I want to shed at least one of Stanton or LeMahieu. Like these are two guys that can barely run anymore. I know. DJ's had a good second half. Get get that value up. I want to shed one of them and then just sign a competent left fielder, whether that's a Randall Gritchick or whoever, just some body who's a is, guy who can bat seventh. Yes. And hit 260 and hit 15, 20 home runs, not Oswaldo Cabrera, not Hicks, not an infielder like IKF out there. Just give me an actual left fielder and then see what happens, because it looks like Schmidt can be at least a reliable back of the rotation guy. You'll still have Cole. You would think you'd have Nestor coming back. Like the pitching could be decent. I just, I don't want to give out any monster 
contracts for a quick fix, unless, unless it's Soto, you know, eventually. But no, I, I don't want to give Bellinger eight years. I think that if you can get and like DJ has been batting three something, you know, in um in the second half. I forget. I saw the other day he was batting like three or three in the yeah, second half. Yeah. So if that's up and you can get any kind of like getting out of that contract, like I've really appreciated having him have been a big fan of his. Right. If you can get out of that and free up that money, what do we pay him a year? 20, 15, 15. How much do you think we'd have to eat? Probably half, I would think. Seven and a half. So I think if we can, I, I think you got to trade Glaber. I mean, he literally threw the ball away the other day and caught. Oh, dude, can we stop? And, and everybody like he hits a meaningless home run against the Tigers, and everyone's like, extend him. It's yeah, like, oh it's my insanity. god, stop. So I think if you can trade him for maybe like a back end starter, or you know someone who's maybe close to being major league ready, but like, you know, at, at this point in his career and his production and what he's going to ask for in free agency, you know, I think asking for anything more than that, you're not going to get it. So if we can get a starter, even if it's a sixth starter out of him, cause you're, you're going to need seven, eight starters anyway. Yeah. And then we can start shaping our infield around Rizzo at first, Rizzo is going to be at first base next year, right? And hopefully that with Rizzo being there, maybe Wells can get like, can learn a little bit, start taking some ground balls there, see what Rizzo does to be like such a good defender, if that's going to be his future. Then you start playing, you know, you got Volpe at short, you play Perea at, at either second or third. And then if you can't move DJ, you can play him at, the other spot, probably third because of his ability to move around. Um, you get a, a left fielder who can, you know, serviceable. Function. Yeah. Um, you put Dominguez in center field, judge and right. You're DHing with, um, with Stanton. I think, you know, you do have to look at like the reliever market to see, like, I think we do just need a closer, but I don't know that you can do that. You know, it's kind of trying to, eat the elephant in one bite. Um, but I think there is a way to like be competitive. And again, like if you can be competitive towards the trade deadline, then you go get more. But like this team has just as much a shot to be competitive next year as to be in the exact same position. Oh no, you're, you're absolutely right. They could win 93 games next year. They could win 75 games and neither would really shock me, but I'm glad. So I didn't have this on the topics for today, but I'm glad you brought up the closer. I want a new closer next year. Clay Holmes is a ground ball pitcher that can't field his position and is prone to losing the zone. And that's just not a winning formula. I feel like today in today's game, you need a guy that gets strikeouts. Chapman was that before, you know, he kind of lost his footing. We had Andrew Miller before then. Like, I feel like you really need that strikeout guy, a ground ball pitcher in in today's game, especially where you you can't really shift anymore. And a ground ball pitcher who's unathletic and and can't feel the choppers and the ground balls right back to him. It's just a nightmare scenario. And and we've seen that with clay as nasty as the stuff is. He's just not super reliable. Yeah, I, I, it's, we're always, we're always going to be on edge. So like, you know, Josh haters coming available. He's oh, making, he's a free agent, right? Okay. He's making $14 million this year, though. He'll so want like, 20 at least. He'll want 20 a year at least. Yeah. I would think. Um, Will Smith's a free agent. Kimbrell's a free agent. David Robertson knows how to get to the stadium. 
um, Trevor May. Like, I don't know. You, you almost like in order for this team to be successful, we do at a certain point need people to play better than what we're paying them. Like we can't have everyone play at the level that they're, they're making. Like we need someone to be a $20 million closer for $10 million. Right, right. No, you have to have people right play above their check. And, and I don't think we're in a position as fun as Josh Hader would be to have on the team. I mean, I, I would fucking love it, but that's, that's a move you make as like the finishing piece. And I don't think the Yankees are one move away in a position to, to sign hater, but man, he's got a 1.1 this year. That's, that's pretty damn good. Exactly. I mean, and like, even if you look at like, I don't know, I could have seen a world where you say like, all right, David Robertson, you haven't had a great year. And so like, we'll give you five, $7 million to like come and prove it. And you're going to get a real shot at this. But I mean, he's just like ruined the Marlin season. And he's what? He's got to be close to 40. And the guy was on the 2009 team. He'll turn 39 next year. It feels like that's I felt young. like he was he's 40 in 2017 when we brought him back. He, he he's still like, younger than me. I thought he was 40 me. then. Damn. He's, still, he's still younger than me. So if we got him, he's still there's still no Yankees older than me. <laughs> Yeah, no, a lot of there's going to be there's going to be a lot of work to do. But I, and I would also think that, I mean, Wells is going to come in. You would think next year it, it's his job to lose right behind the plate. Or do you think they'll no, him Trevino? And, him and Trevino are probably going to have to compete. Which you could almost be like a running like, you know, how they do it in the NFL, where it's like running back by committee or backfield by committee where, you know, they, they split it 50 50. I, I wouldn't I mean, I wouldn't I, hate that. I think that there is a world where Trevino comes back. Yeah, they're both going into camp. You know, in an ideal world, they both play well and you trade Trevino. And you get something in return for him Um, because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to stunt his, um, you know, his growth and and his opportunities in his career. Uh, He's already 30 years old. So if you could get anything back for him – and then you've got as your backup, you know, Rorvet or um, hopefully not Higgy. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Higgy hasn't caught Cole since I think June. Um, it, once Trevino went down, Rorvet and who's in the lineup Tuesday night, Rorvet's catching Cole tonight. I don't know if Cole had a falling out with Higgy because I know they kind of grew up together. But I kind of want to see Wells catch Cole and see how he handles that because that's a big task as a kid as a kid catcher to, to catch Garrett Cole yeah it, it is um and it's you know it's been interesting to see because like Cole stays healthy but like Wells has like a comfort with Rodon because he's caught him like some guys yes. have gone through the system and he's gone to work with them which also helps but yeah like I you know catcher's going to be another you know kind of question mark because we also you know this all hinges on Wells coming back and not, you know, falling on his face in in spring training, which has happened before. And then, you know, it's like, ah, oh, he had a good, uh, you know, a good September or decent September. But what are we going to do if he's, you know, batting 125 in spring training? No, it's a valid concern. But if things do break right, I, I kind of do like the idea of having a right handed defensive, you know, base catcher in Trevino and then a left handed offensive based 
catcher and Wells, like that's a pretty good, that sounds like a pretty good platoon on paper. You got your, your bopper and then your guy that handles the pitchers and is really good defensively. Yeah. And I mean, he's got, what do you do at Tampa this year? I only played five games, but in double a, he hit two thirty seven. in triple a, he hit two fifty four. I mean, across his five seasons in all levels, he's a two eighty five hitter. That's probably not going to stick because, you know, part of that is um, uh, some of that's his college shit that they total up. Um, but, yeah, you know, at the major at the minor league level, he's a 260 hitter in three seasons. And I think like if we could get that out of a catcher, great. Add a little pop. We're going to help him as much as we can with that pop with that right field. You know, I think it's going to. You know, that that's that can play well, like everything. If he doesn't pan out, you know, I don't think it's going to work anywhere. I, I agree here, especially with with the porch. And isn't it crazy how different the lineup looks when you put a couple of lefties in it? Like, oh, my God, over the weekend with with Dominguez and Wells, it's just a completely different. It just feels so much different than when it's just righty, 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 completely different. Yeah, I think it is. Um, yeah, it. it it's the most obvious and like logical thing that people have just been screaming from the mountaintops uh, for years as as fans. Fun fact: He Austin Wells went to the same high school as Joey Gallo. Is that Vegas? Are they? Yeah. From Nevada. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And and dude, there's I, Harper's from Vegas. Vegas seems to be like a hotbed for major league talent. I guess you can play all year. It's warm. Yeah, well, they had like because at one point it, it was Harper. His brother was in the minor. Harper's brother was like in AAA. You've got Chase and Shreve. You've got Chris Bryant. Uh, like there was a big. Uh, you've got Joey Gallo. Yeah, there was a bunch of um, guys coming out of that area. It's a hotbed. It's always the warm. It's always the warm places. I want to talk about. So Colt, we're taping this. 5.30 Eastern on Tuesday before the Yankees take on the Tigers. Cole takes the mound tonight. Um, he's already taken the mound if you're listening to this, but right now he is currently minus 250 to win the Cy Young. I really want Cole to win the Cy Young. I know you're not a big awards guy. You don't really care, but I want him to win the Cy Young more than I've wanted any Yankee to win an award, probably since Jeter was you know, going for MVPs in the mid 2000s. I feel like Cole gets knocked a lot by whatever national pundits or whoever for not having a Cy Young. He should have, should have won in 19 probably could have a couple of more. And I, I just really want to see him get it. I feel like it's kind of the, one of the last things missing on his resume. And yeah, I think he really series. deserves it. World series is missing from the resume, but for individual, for an individual accolade. Yeah, yeah. So the way I look at it is like, you know, we, well, we are going to win 25 games in a row, which will bring us to 28. <laughs> and when right. Series. Um, but beyond that, if for some reason that doesn't happen, I think it makes sense. Like, this is the year to go out and win the Cy Young. Like, go ahead, go, you know, down the home stretch. Think about your individual shit. Only think about yourself. That's totally fine. Go nuts. Um, it'd also be nice to just, the season isn't a total, in my mind, it won't be a total waste if we get kind of that monkey off his back. Cause then it's a thing that, like, Zero percent thinking of like, well, he hasn't gotten this done. Hundred percent. Now I'm with you. He's so going into Tuesday, start twelve and four with a two nine five. And there've been, I don't know if you noticed this. I feel like every single time he gets pulled with runners on, the reliever lets the runners in. Like I feel like if he was just allowed to finish his own innings and stuff, he would have 
a two seven or a two eight. But yeah, no, I, I really, really want him to win it. He's got the opt out after next year, which we've talked about, which is which is going to be interesting. But it, I thought it was cool. So they were asking him, you know, if you guys get eliminated, do you just want to shut it down? And he was like, no, I need to throw 200 innings because once you you know, once your innings go down, you, you can't replicate that next year. I thought that was pretty interesting. Like he's pitching through October 1st, no matter what. Yeah, no, I mean, we've talked about, you know, his approach to the game and like taking care of himself and preparation and getting ready. So like it does make sense that, you know, he's at 174 right now, leads the league. Um, he did 202 thirds of an inning last year. So like just made it 181 in, in 21, 76 and 20. But then, yeah, before that, it was three in a row of 200. So, yeah, it makes sense. Like got to keep that close to 200 got to keep my body where it is he's used to playing into the postseason you know since 2018 so you know he just you know got to try to find a way to to keep that going and you know you don't want to the guys who are elite like a Cole there's not a single pitch he doesn't throw that doesn't mean the world to him like there is no like taking it off taking a pitch off taking a little off he just doesn't do it it's the same way um Ron Washington, when he was coaching, uh, he was maybe like a base coach for the athletics and they were playing the Yankees and they were up like 12 runs in like the eighth inning. Like the Yankees were getting fucking smoked and, uh, Derek Jeter hit a ground ball and grounded out and Ron Washington showed the team. He goes, that's the fastest time the first base today in the entire game because the guy never takes, never takes an at bat for granted. And that's what Cole does. That's why, you know, he is a guy who who we can view as a winner. Now we just need to get to the to the winning. Yeah, no, you're right. And not to nerd out too hard, but I did think it was interesting. So this is actually his lowest strikeout rate, uh, strikeouts per nine since 2017. But he's got a great ERA, which tells me he's just being more efficient. I feel like he's got a lot more double play balls this year and has, and has gotten some quick outs as opposed to, you know, getting into those long counts and getting strikeouts. So he's, he's kind of shifted a little bit. He also leads the league in hits per nine. So he's not allowing a ton of hits. He's just getting more ground balls and more flyouts. So even with the strikeouts down, he's been more efficient. Yeah. I really want him to win it. You got to figure. So Tuesday against the tigers will be his 29th start. And then what, maybe three more after this. I mean, he turns, uh, he does turn 33 on Friday. So like birthday Garrett, that does. Uh, he is a big listener to the show. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that is, you know, I think that does like start to play a factor, too, though, with the like 200 innings. So it, it I could see if he's clearly got the Cy Young like locked up and it gets the last week of the season. Maybe they try to tell him, like, hey, how about you manage this game, you know, or something like that? You know, it depends how like the schedule's going to shake up. But, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen anything of even like a discussion of anyone else another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No. Yeah, no, the, the odds are there. He's he's almost there. And I mean, it's really just hit. That is what you're watching for. And you're watching for the watching for the kids. But yeah, for next year, I just think you, know, you have these you made the Joe Biden joke of like being 80 years old. I feel like Stanton and LeMahieu both run like they're 80 years old. And I feel like you've got to find a way to get rid of one of them just to get a little bit of juice to the team. You see the juice that Dominguez and Wells have brought youth and athleticism bring juice DJ and Stanton are old and unathletic, no juice, simple. Yeah, yeah, and and you know I've talked for a long time about trying to use that 26 spot on the roster as a guy who can just run. You know, I was a big Tim LaCastro guy just because yes. he's the fastest guy in the league. Like you, you want that? That's always a difference maker in the playoffs. There's, um, I forget, like there, I forget who it was. There was a guy who won the World Series with the Dodgers and then the next year with the Braves and didn't play in a major league game in between, only played in the playoffs. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, it's like we, we just need to be more athletic. And so if there is a way to get out of one of those contracts where we are actually, you know, to a certain extent out of it because we're going to have to pay something or we can get something in return. Like if DJ is worth anything or as a, you know, he adds a veteran presence to a lineup that thinks that they're on the fringe of of actually like getting somewhere then like, great. Like, let's do it. If you know, with Stanton, it's going to only ever possibly be the Dodgers. And like, they're going after Otani. They're not throwing money our way. Do you think the Otani UCL injury and the fact that he's only going to be a hitter for probably maybe even the next two years, do you think that brings us into any more in play for him? No, I, I don't think he likes New York. Like, I think there's like it's weird. I've seen, you know, like players, you know, there's always talk of like the Hispanic players, Dominican, Puerto Rican, whatever, where it's like they like to be on the East Coast because if there's a day off or something like it's an easier trip for their family. It's an easier trip for them. You know, if you play in Miami, in theory, you could play a day game, go up dinner in the Dominican Republic and be at the stadium for the night game the next day. Yeah. Um. For some reason, like a lot of Japanese players treat the West Coast like that. Like it's not still 10 hours or whatever to like get there. So, you know, I think that Los Angeles obviously loves him. There's a big Asian community there. I think that does play a role to a certain extent where, you know, if you come from somewhere else, like you want to be comfortable. So I think the Dodgers are going to be tough to beat. I think it is going to come down to to money and I don't know, like if you were Otani, would you want to sign in New York right now? Probably not. The only reason I'm keeping a flicker of hope alive is because when he first was you know, coming, to, I don't think he'd ever even been to New York or, or the East Coast of the United States like ever when he was being courted. And now he's you know played for the Angels for six years. He's gone on the road and been to all these different cities. Maybe he has a little bit more perspective now and would be more open to it. The other thing is I didn't think for – as a two-way player, the Yankees were ever going to give him 600 million, but as a lefty DH or outfielder that could just abuse the short porch and hit 
55, 60 homers a year at Yankee Stadium and all the marketing revenue that he'd bring in. I, I think that I don't know. I'd say it went from like a zero percent chance to a two percent chance. I don't I don't think it's happening, but I do think there is some little flicker of of light at this point. I just don't think uh, I don't think his price has gone down that much. Really? I mean, he won an MVP two he won an MVP two years ago. He came in second last year. He's going to win the MVP this year. Um, and like he's had he's having amazing. See, he leads the league in triples this year. He led the league in triples in 2021. Um, he leads the league in home runs right now. He hit 34 in an offseason last, like in a down year last year. Yeah. So, you know, I think that there is a good chance that, like, yeah, he goes, you know, maybe they shut him down soon. He goes, he has the surgery because they're out of it. And then, you know, it could be one of those things where he goes somewhere, he hits 50 home runs le- next year and makes his first start in the playoffs. Wow, that would be that would be cool. The the reason I would ca- caution against that is so the last time he had Tommy John, he didn't pitch for two seasons because be basically because he also hits and stuff. The pitching rehab took longer. That's why I think there's a chance that he doesn't actually pitch until 2020. Six, and that's why I think there's at least a slight chance the Yankees maybe sign him um, to be just a DH, but we we will see. Um, I still don't think I still don't think it's happening. And then yeah, other than that, it's a pretty weak class. I think Matt Chapman is the next best position player, free agent. They're not going to sign any big pitchers after giving Rodon, so it could be could just be a quiet off season where they're just trying to shed some contracts and kind of do some behind the scenes maneuvering, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think that if they're not going to walk away from Cashman now, which I don't believe they're going to, um, I don't think you give him more money to spend, like an aggressive amount of money to spend. And I think it is like clean up your mess a little bit, and then we can talk about you being able to trade for some people. Um, And because it'll also be interesting to see, like, when it hits this time next year, like what position are we in? for picking up on the waivers. Yes. Yeah. You and know, like even draft pick too. If we miss the playoffs, we, I mean, we might end up things break our way or don't break our way or whatever. We could have a top 10 pick in the draft, which I remember the last time we had 25, that. 25 wins in a row is going to make it pretty hard. <laughs> it is. Um, you know, I, I just think that if you now, cause you're in that last like wild card spot as like the sixth team in you're like really not, you can be in a sixth wild card spot in one of the leagues and be, you know, you're not the 12th best record. You can be the 15th best record. And now you get the first shot at all, you know, at these guys coming on the waivers, you can really put like a shot in the arm to your team depending on who's like who is waived. Yeah, the Guardians picked up like three or four. They picked up everyone. They were just like, oh, yeah, yeah if you're just going to throw these on the curb, like I'd be happy <laughs> to pick them up for you. And like and, <laughs> and they're worse than us. Yeah, it's like when you see the T when somebody's throwing out a TV and you see it at the end of their driveway, and you're like, huh, I wonder if that thing still works. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like it really doesn't hurt them. To like to pick these guys up, they're six games back in their division. They play the Twins uh, a bunch of times, so like there's always a possibility uh, in the wild card, like they'd have to jump us and a bunch of teams. But like it didn't really cost them much to do it. Um, but you know when you look at like 
damn, we have fallen off as a division. I know, yeah. We're we're talking about in the first half, like, are we going to break the record for winning percentage? But yeah, Boston, Boston kind of fell off with us. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's interesting because like Arizona is the third wild card team, and they've only got seventy one wins. It takes seventy six wins. Like Toronto is seventy six, and they're on the outside. So. You know, if Arizona wanted players, yeah, you know, like players before Texas, Houston, Tampa, like they they would get that before all of them. Or also, even like Minnesota only has seventy two wins, so like they had a right to beef up before the two of the wild card team, or before all of the wild card teams. Yeah, so that, the American League is also just better than the National League. I know, so it'll be interesting to see like how that shapes things, you know, in future years. Yeah, for sure. And then last thing, I know we're coming up on time. The one thing I wanted to ask you about. So how Steinbrenner made a comment of, oh, we're going to we might bring in an outside you know, consulting firm to take a look at everything we do. And then I guess it was mentioned that the Orioles and Astros had both had McKinsey, the consulting company, kind of come in and, and evaluate and do what consultants do and make their recommendations. Do you think that was just eyewash or do you think he's actually going to bring in an outside organization to really look under the hood? I think they are going to bring someone because I think so many people like, you know, I mean, we're saying it and obviously the whole front office listens to this show. But like many <laughs> other people uh, are saying that it's just clear that, like, we say we've become analytical and it's just not the same. Like, we're not doing analytics like everyone else is doing analytics. So it, it's become very obvious we need to clearly like figure something out and start to have that discussion and own, you know, some of the like, we're just not doing a good job here and then figure out, you know, what are we going to do to, to right the ship. And right now, like if you're not going to fire Brian Cashman, then yes, you have to bring in someone else to take a look at everything we're doing. Yeah. At least make him uncomfortable, like bring in like some guy to walk around his office and, and look at his files. Like I just want him to, I want him to sweat a little bit, you know, kind of like office space. Yeah. No, I'm I'm totally with you. And I th- so John Boy was talking about this a little bit, but it, apparently and obviously we're not involved, but all the Yankees analytics team looks at is who hits the ball the hardest and who throws the hardest, not how often they hit it or where they hit it. It's all about exit velo from the hitting side and then velocity from the pitching side. So hopefully these consultants can kind of explain to them that, you know, broaden their horizons a little bit, because that seems like a very. Uh, I don't know, primitive, primitive way to look at analytics. Yeah, I mean, it's they're running this team off expected batting average. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like, depressing. that's what it is. We're just trying to get to the most expected batting average as possible. <laughs> no parade for that. Yeah, there's not. So, I mean, listen, this week has been well, this weekend has been like like I didn't feel like a cutter if I threw the games <laughs> on. You know, I didn't think I was doing myself like a huge disservice by like peeking in on the games. I'm not like disrupting my entire life for them anymore. But, you know, it's good to see some life. It's good to see some positivity on the timeline. And then, like I said, you know, I've crunched all the numbers. So 25 uh, more wins. What is our record now? Let's just let's see what uh, what that would put us at. Um, We have. All right, so we're sitting tight right now at 68 wins. Also, if we win tonight, 
will be 69 and 69 for the first time since 1969. I, I saw that. And I thought that was a joke, but apparently it's true. Oh, I did no follow. If you tell me there's a 69 fact, I'm just taking that. At that. <laughs> I'm not going to ruin that for myself. There's no reason to do that. Um, uh, and listen, hey, we're only eight games back. So we just start chipping away little by little. And then we're there, you know. Um, but, yeah, if we won 25 more games, we would finish with 92 wins. 93 wins. Exactly what we said we needed. How many games left are there? 26? No, there's 25. Uh, <laughs> I'm just looking at the schedule. I don't see how we lose a game. I, we're joking about this. The, the fucked up part is, like, there's a chance they could be, like, six back going to that Toronto series. And then it's like, well, if we sweep them, we're only three games back. <laughs> I mean, listen, the Tigers suck. We can beat them. The Brewers are in the playoffs, but like just barely in the playoffs. So if you're going to turn it around, that's a good time. And hey, at least we're at home. And it's Friday's a first responders game for firefighters. So there we go. You got firefighters. You've got old timer Saturday, 98 replica ring day on Sunday. I already have that ring. Otherwise, you know, I'd probably be there. Um, <laughs> and then the next week, then we sweep four from the Red Sox at Fenway in front of their heathen fans. And now we're off to Pittsburgh. Here's my promise, okay? I'm going to make a promise. If the New York Yankees sweep the Detroit Tigers, the Milwaukee Brewers, and the Boston Red Sox, I will, on September 15th, I will drive to Pittsburgh for that series. I'm off on the 15th. I will go... I will drive to Pittsburgh that morning. You heard it here. All right, so 10, 10 wins in a row. And we'll 10, 10 more on top of the three we already have. And then, yeah, and I'm in Pittsburgh eating Permani Brothers. <laughs> okay, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. Um, all right, well, I think that's all we got. You can follow Nick on Twitter at NKirbyNYY or X, whatever you want to call it. Follow me on Twitter. Always will be Twitter in my heart and in my soul. Uh, and that's JJ from the Bronx. And yeah, just, you know, we're going to win these games and we're going to Pittsburgh. You can come to Pittsburgh with me. Anyone. We'll have a parade there. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.